You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. All right, and it's another podcast. Uh, this afternoon, I'm here with Daniel Reinhardt. What up, Finn fans? Daniel, we're going to talk about yesterday's game. Are you ready? Yeah, another hard-fought W. Another hard-fought W, it was. To me, it was the tale of two halves, right? I mean, they were like two different football games. Yeah, and it, it, during the first half, you know, I was texting with a buddy, and I said, man, if I was one of these coaches, I'd be breaking shit in the locker room. Uh, Uh just super upset about all the penalties, just the undisciplined play. Uh, we could have scored on every single possession in that game if it wasn't for some penalties and, uh, you know, the Braylon Sanders uh, fumble. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to see that happen to the kid on his first catch, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. You just Uh, hate to see that, you know, that's like the worst, it's like the worst feeling in the world for him, you know? Yeah, I felt bad for him. Uh, he came back and had a uh, catch in the in the second half. He had a couple of catches, I believe. Yeah. Um, what's interesting to me is that he's getting targets and receptions over Cedric Wilson, and we still haven't seen Ezukanma yet. So, yep. Uh, good on him for getting in there, getting his hands dirty. Uh, it was too bad to see him fumble. It it shook us there off of that off off of getting points on the first drive, and you know it put us behind fourteen to nothing. I wonder what they're thinking with uh, that receiver position. I mean, I know Zakama is is down because he hasn't grasped the entire receiver playbook. But why is Williams not playing? You know, I don't have an answer for that. I, I don't know why he's not playing. Yeah, I don't. I don't have an answer for that either. Uh, what I do know, uh, somebody who is playing and playing well is Trent Sherfield. It's really nice. You know, oh, you're ob- back on that, huh? Well, obviously, the man <laughs> knows what he's doing. He, he does. He, he knew McDaniel's person. scheme. He's a hard worker, uh, and he's making plays for us. You know, He's making plays on special teams, and he's coming in there and making plays as, as a receiver. So it's good to see. Yep. Yep. All right. So we basically get the game started, and uh, it doesn't start well for us. We, we give up a, a quick touchdown. Yeah, and Detroit could do anything they wanted to early in this game. Everything that they wanted to do was working. Rather, it was, you know, getting TJ Hawkinson uh, involved across the middle, or it was running the ball with Jamal Williams. That first drive in particular, and even that second drive, it looked like it was going to be a really long afternoon for our defense and and our fans because we couldn't stop anything. Yeah, people were not happy. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, and I stay out of the group chats for the games these days. Uh, I like positive energy, and when things are happening like that, uh, it it can turn south on us real quick. Yeah, I mean, pe- people need to understand it is a four-quarter game, and I, I tried to say that in the chat, actually. You know, I, come on, guys. We're in the first quarter. We haven't lost yet. <laughs> yeah, and as They're we gonna know. They're going to play the rest of the game, I promise. <laughs> yeah, and as we know from what we've seen so far this season, there's not – I don't know if there's a deficit too large for us to overcome if we play complimentary. 
Well, you know, it's just a matter of the guys getting in, getting out of their heads, if that makes sense, you know. Just go out and play. Go out and have fun, play, you know, and, and things will work out. I mean, they're not a bad team, you know, so they just need to go out and, you know, focus on what they need to focus on, make sure they're on sides, not off sides, you know. I mean, that stuff drives you crazy, especially if you're a coach. But, you know, uh, I, the, the penalty that really bothered me was uh, when Roberts was standing over the kid he tackled and uh, trying to intimidate him. I mean, to me, that's that's a senseless penalty. That makes absolutely no sense. Roberts, get back in the huddle. Yeah, first play of the game, uh, you know, we had stopped. Obviously, it wasn't a first down. Uh, we put a good lick on him over there on the sideline, and things were starting on the right foot. Uh, Landon Roberts made a mistake that, as a veteran, you can't be making. Exactly. Uh, it gave them 15 yards in the first down, and they didn't look back. You know, they, they went right down the field and scored on us. I think we did a really good job defending DeAndre Swift who is one of three Detroit weapons that you absolutely have to key on. Yep. But Jamal Williams really handed it to us there for a while. He's a beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's the type of player that feeds the rest of the team energy. Sure. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's a captain on the team. He's a very important cog in that wheel, and he played really well for Detroit. What are your thoughts of Detroit? I mean, obviously, they're not a good football team, specifically on defense. And uh, I think, you know, Tua and the receivers were certainly able to take advantage of that pretty much consistently throughout the game. Yeah, I think like us, they just don't have the playmakers on defense. Like, I mean, I know we have some guys and we're really banged up. They don't really have, they have a playmaker at all three levels, but they don't really have much other than that. We did a really good job against the second overall pick from last year's draft, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, you know, Teron Armstead did a really good job against him. And they have a linebacker who's, who's a good guy, but he's, only, he's a sixth-round pick, so uh, he got one of the sacks on Tua. And then you have Jeff Akuda, who's a dog in the defensive backfield. But really, they are lacking playmakers, and there's something going on with their scheme because they play – they are one of the most man-coverage defenses in the league. And so we took advantage of that. As far as their offense is concerned, I, their offense can put up some points, man. And we've seen that through the first four weeks of the season, they were the highest scoring offense in the league. So they can put up some points. And it'll surprise people, too, because Jared Goff is not necessarily that guy, right? He's not him, as they say. But he, he plays really well in the, in the scope of that offense, and, and they can definitely put up some points. So we was lucky to come away uh, with the second half that we did against them. I think they made some mistakes on their own. Of course that, they did. That kind of hindered their progress there in the second half. But we held them to only 67 yards in the second half. And so that's the kind of football from our defense that we need to see. Uh, second consecutive game that we held uh, held a team scoreless in the second half as well. Yeah, I guess uh, McDaniel led into uh, Boyer <laughs> on the sidelines and uh, demanded that he get it fixed, and apparently he did because they were a different defense in the second half of the game. Yeah, you know, and I know that some people are upset with Boyer. Look, we we have very few sacks on the season. We're not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we are giving up big plays on a regular basis, far too many. As Lou would say, we're giving up far too many big plays. But, and, you know, and I don't ever want to make excuses, but we're playing from uh, a position of 
of weakness because we have so many guys hurt. And I know that Brandon Jones is not the best quality coverage safety in the league, but he is out for the season now too. Uh, We lost him last week to an ACL. So Boyer is kind of handcuffed in what he can do. And you really see that early in, in some of these games. I think, you know, the, the Byron Jones injury uh, really affected this defense and what they can and cannot do. Um, you know, they were a heavy press man defense, and they knew that with their outside corners, they could lock teams down. And, uh, you know, when you lose Jones, and, and Kohu's done well, and, and but he's not Jones. He's not close to Jones. So, you know, it, it kind of ties uh, Boyer's hands a little bit with his, as aggressive as he can be, you know. I don't think he's comfortable uh, being nearly as aggressive as they were last year. Not that they're not aggressive, but last year they were much more aggressive. Yeah, and you see that being affected on the field because when they do go zero coverage uh, and they do bring those heavy blitzes, teams are taking advantage of it because we don't have quite the man-to-man skills without Byron Jones. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, you got to pick your poison, but, you know, you can't just sit back and let them score at will either, you know. You've, you've got to be somewhat aggressive at times, you know, to uh, at least make the quarterback a little bit uncomfortable, and that's something we've had trouble doing. Absolutely. But on the other side of the ball, our aggression is making other defenses uncomfortable. And I tell you, Mike, as a Dolphins fan, sometimes I'm watching these games, and I think everybody's going to say it. You may even say it is just Detroit, but there are times when I'm watching this offense and we look absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, it's just Detroit, but you still have to execute. Absolutely. You know what? Tua was executing yesterday. It didn't matter what you asked him to do. He would. He did it. Yep. So, you know, he, he deserves credit for that. You know, I think that was probably the best game that he's played in a Dolphin uniform from start to finish, you know, I mean, he was pretty impressive in the fourth quarter at Baltimore, but you know, this is a game that, you know, he was impressive from the first throw to the last. Yeah. You know, that's what you want to see from your quarterback. Yeah. In Baltimore, he had kind of a rough first half. Twitter was writing him off saying too bad. Miami didn't have Fitzpatrick to put in. Uh, He did not have a great first half at Baltimore and he's had a couple of rocky patches just on some decision-making stuff. But coming back last week, being a little rusty, he was nowhere near as good as he was this week. And man, no, he was sharp. Night and day. Night and day. Yeah, he was sharp from the very first drive. Even the pass to Braylon Sanders, uh, where he fumbled. You know, we were we were going into the end zone on that drive. There is no doubt in my mind. And it felt to me, and I said this uh, about the Baltimore game. You know, I had complete confidence that going down the field, we could score. As a Dolphins fan, having that confidence in our quarterback feels amazing. uh, And it's not something that I've been able to say a lot over the years. You know, I I still think he's, you know, he's got something to prove. I mean, I know a lot of people are real high on him and I get that. Okay. And I know people are really down on him and I I don't quite get that. Um, But you know, this is an audition. And uh, if he continues to perform like he did yesterday, uh, you know, that's that's franchise quarterback stuff. So, you know, I hope he does. Uh, but we've seen some games to where he didn't look as good, you know, so you just want to see where he goes from here. I mean, he's had, he's had a rough career so far uh, and not necessarily his fault. 
McDaniel came in, wiped the slate clean, and I think that needed to be done. And, uh, you know, he looks like he's progressing, and that's what you want to see. So, I mean, you know, I'm happy as long as he's playing reasonably well. And uh, yesterday was beyond what I, you know, my wildest expectations. Yeah, and we talked about it a little bit in the in the pre-show. You want to see your quarterback perform well against teams that they're supposed to perform well exactly. against. And we're going to be watching to see if he continues to play well against the upper echelon defenses. But I'm going to say this on the record for the first time ever. Uh, <laughs> obviously, that there are some things that we need to watch for he the durability thing is an issue that everybody has on the forefront of their mind obviously that's a question mark going forward and probably the rest of his career he slid daniel he did he did and he was <laughs> he was talking about how the team his teammates and and the coaches were really excited for him um for sliding and that i like to see that too um but and additionally like as you were just alluding to we need to see the consistency Right, because he has ups and downs, and sometimes he just makes those plays that make you scratch your head and say, "What in the hell was he thinking?" Right, and slowly you eliminate those. I mean, you're always going to have one every now and then, but you know, you eliminate the majority of them. But it, yeah, and, and I'm going to say, but uh, here's where I'm going on the record. Uh, he's he's convinced me. Uh, I I believe that Tua Tungabailoa is a franchise quarterback. And I couldn't be more thrilled for our team to have that guy under center. Uh, Look, man, this year, uh, besides the Cincinnati game where he got knocked out, he is 5-0, 5-0. And we are 0-3 without him finishing games. And he is continuously getting better. Uh, This offense is suited really well for him. Uh, As a Dolphins fan, I am excited and on the record, I'm convinced that Tua is the guy. So what does that mean? That means we build around, we continue to build around him. Um, it means that we continue to draft pieces that are going to make our team better with him under center and not have to worry about trying to go out and find the next quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't anticipate them looking for a quarterback next year. I didn't originally because I think you got to give Tua some time with his coach. They made a big investment in in Waddle and Hill, and that seems to be working out for the most part. And, uh, you know, they just got to get a little bit better running game, I think. You know, they need to improve the running game. Yep. Uh, And they need a couple of pieces on defense. But, you know, they're not that far away from where they need to be. So I I think, you know, with the coach and with Tua, just let them work. (laughs) Sit back and let them work. Yeah, if we have a defense that can hold teams to 17 points a game, 14, 17 points a game, and we have a running game that can average 100 yards a game, uh, you know, even 85, 100 yards a game. Yeah, that's settling. I want a running game that is dominant. I would love that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, And I think that we need that to be elite. But if we can have those two things, I think that uh, we are going to be one of the top teams in the AFC, and we're going to be damn hard to beat when Tua plays the way he played yesterday. Here's my thinking with the running game. When you're playing Mahomes or you're playing Allen, you want to limit the amount of times that they get the football. Mm-hmm. The running game does that for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Short little passes. Well, you know, you've got to be real careful because if you keep going short and throwing small, they're going to intercept them, you know, because they're going to creep up on them and, and lock out your receivers. 
So, you know, I think with a balanced offense and a good running game, there's no stopping you. Not with these receivers. Yeah. And so here's here's a point that I wanted to make on today's show, actually, and this is a great segue. You talk about the short passing attack. One of the things that uh, everybody was saying about Tua this year is his yards per attempt. He can't get the ball downfield, yada, yada, yada. Well, of all qualifying quarterbacks this season, so and I don't even know what that qualifying line is, but when I did my research, any quarterback over 100 attempts on the year. So any guy who's under center, behind center, actually running a team, Tua has the highest yards per attempt in the NFL at nine yards per attempt. Now, if <laughs> there's no way that anybody would have thought that was possible going into this season, if you would have told him that, right? That halfway, almost halfway through the season, eight games into the season, Tua is leading the league at nine yards per attempt. Additionally, he's leading the league in passer rating. So you got guys like Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, all these guys who are uh, everybody's darlings who are, are playing football at a high level. But Tua Tungabailoa is leading the league with 112.7 passer rating. That's another incredible statistic to me that just shows the development that we have for our quarterback. You got pom-poms over there or what? Hey, man, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now. Look, You sound like it. He's playing tremendous football. Look, only Matthew Stafford and Geno, Geno Smith have better completion percentages this year. And, and Tua obviously has played a couple Think of less games. Think about what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. if, you, if you combine all of those things, uh-huh. you, combine, you combine the nine yards per attempt highest in the league. The passer rating, 112.7 highest in the league. And the completion percentage of 69.9. That is elite football. That what is, I look at, Daniel, is the 5-0. and oh. I don't care about none of that other stuff. Of course, but there you go. You combine them again. You combine those things with 5-0. and oh. And then also, we're talking about how accurate Tua is and what you have to do on third down to be able to win these football games. I mean, we talk about third down and winning football games and how well that's uh how how good that's looked well he was awesome on third down yesterday third and fourth down i should say yeah we'd like to throw a shout out to DraftKings for sponsoring our show and uh here's a little message and we'll be right back your kickers lining up for an onside kick the chances of regaining possession are slim the stakes are high and the tension is higher your pulse racing he kicks and you watch as the ball ends well Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Now check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Now to make things even sweeter, Uh, You can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. 8 of 12 on third down. What was he? uh, 9 of 10 passing. Yep. on third down, picking yep. up third and 16s, throwing touchdowns on third down. Uh, those are the things you want to see from your quarterback. 
Those are the things you want to see. That's absolutely right. I mean, you have to convert on third downs, and, and they did a phenomenal job yesterday. That was probably one of the better jobs they've done in years for mm-hmm. uh, third down conversions. But, you know, the bottom line is, where does he go from here? You know, Chicago's going to have a tougher defense. Can he have another solid game? You know, and, and then can he take it from there? Can he build on that? And if he can... And I'm not saying he has to be as good as he was yesterday, because that was just a phenomenal game, okay? He's not going to have that every week. But can he stack wins on top of each other, you know? Can, can we go into Chicago and beat them? That would be an impressive win. I mean, I realize Chicago is not a great team, but anytime you're playing on the road and you're playing a physical team, you want to win. Yeah, so last point on what Tua did, uh, and then I'll touch on that real fast, is uh, in the game, Tua was 81% completions. 401 total yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 138.7 QBR. He's the first quarterback in Dolphins history to have 80-plus percentage completion rate, 350 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And as we all know, we had a great quarterback named Dan Marino under center for years. So as far as Chicago is concerned... Well, you know what I said to that yesterday when somebody posted that? (laughs) I said he's also the first quarterback that we've had that wipes with both hands, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The it means nothing, right? It means nothing. What matters is the wins, you know? Well, you, you chalk that up in a win, and, and I think it matters. Uh, they chop up those stats. It's, it's amazing how they figure that stuff out. They definitely, uh, the NFL research it definitely goes hard. They come um, out with some of the strangest, you know, uh, variables, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you, you know, he's the only guy that did it because it's such a random thing, you know, uh, but you know, look, it is what it is. You know, I, I got no problem with people talking him up right now because he deserves it. He's playing well. Yeah. As far as Chicago is concerned. So yep. uh, they just put 33 p- points up on Monday night against the, the Patriots. So yeah, they're not, it's not a gimme. We know that they can put up some points. They've got a, a good running game. Uh, they've got some weapons. So going into Chicago at the first week in November is going to be a test. Well, we'll talk about it more Wednesday. But yes, obviously, we you, you got to be concerned with the quarterback and him running and, and a bunch of other stuff. So they get to halftime. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? We got to clean up the penalties. Uh, I had complete confidence that we could win the game. Uh, I didn't expect us to shut them out in the second half. I didn't expect us to hold them to 67 total yards. I figured that that uh, Detroit would probably put one uh, in the end zone. Well, which, they would have if the guy caught it. Sure. Uh, but I knew we had to clean up the penalties. Yep. If we could do that. I mean, we had eight flags in the first half that were declined. Three offsides penalties. You know, a bunch of stupid boneheaded mistakes that you just have to clean up if you want to play winning football. Yeah, McDaniels McDaniels has to fix that. Absolutely he does. You know, and this rah-rah, uh, you know, and I say that, I don't mean that negatively. But his his player uh, attitude, the fact that he's a player's coach, the fact that he's loved these guys and shows them that, that's great. But you also have to have the discipline to be yep. able to get them to, to play. To understand the importance of having their head in what they're doing. Absolutely. And, you know, we can throw stones at Flores all we want, but there's one thing you can say is that they were pretty disciplined. Uh, they were a pretty well-disciplined team and not a lot of penalties when Flores was here. Correct. So that's got to be cleaned up. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, me personally, I haven't thrown a lot of stones at Flores because I thought he was a decent coach. You no. Know? Was, was he my favorite coach? No, but I thought he was decent. No, and I'm not saying that because, you know, a lot of people are, but uh, and not to rehash old wounds, uh-huh. but I'm just saying in, it's not unheard of that a lot of these players know how to play disciplined football without, you know, having all these penalties and and. That was my main concern going into halftime. I didn't have any doubt that we could win. Um, like I said, I think we could have scored on every single drive in the first half. Uh, we were just we were clicking, and it's the defense that Detroit threw at us with a lot of man-to-man coverage is one that you like, you just can't do that to Hill and Waddle. Uh, they're going to feast, and and they did. and And I'd love to touch on some stats about Hill and Waddle here in just a bit. I'll go for it. Yeah. Well. Uh, in the second half, uh, I mean, we we did play really good football. Hill and Waddle, let's just touch on what they have done as teammates this year. This is the third game that they have had 100 yards receiving each on the season. Okay, uh, Waddle is tied for third in the NFL with five touchdowns now. This is his second multi-touchdown game, which is great to see because Tyreek Hill is getting all the attention, right? He's got 92 targets on the year, which is first in the league. 69 receptions, which is first in the league, 961 yards, which is first in the league, but he's only got two touchdowns. So Waddle is the one scoring the touchdowns when, when it goes to one of them. Uh, it's great to see these guys, uh, they have combined and here's a stat for you. Um, they have combined so far this season for 1,688 yards. And that is now a, a record an NFL record through eight games. There was two uh, teammates who, who tied with 1,679 yards through eight games. Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt from the 2000 Rams, the greatest show on turf. And then the, the Peyton Manning-led Broncos in 2014 with Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. I can't say enough about that because you don't just see a couple of wide receivers who are good. You see a quarterback who is elite at that moment, that is Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner in 2000. Uh, Tyreek Hill tied Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, and, and Antonio Brown for having four, his fourth game of the season with 10 receptions and 150 yards plus. He's only halfway through the year. That four games on the season is an NFL record, and he's tied those four greats. So I'm just saying, like, uh, Tyreek Hill at 961 yards on the season so far is the third most yards in NFL history. Marvin Harrison in the year 2000 with 962, Torrey Holt with 978 yards in 2003, again with elite quarterback play. So you see some of these stats that these guys are putting up, and obviously, yes, Lou, if you're listening, we have to put up more points. But what you are seeing from this offense is something that you do not see. You just do not see it. Um, and it's it's absolutely thrilling. The way they put this team together is a little unconventional. You know, you go out and you spend the money for Armstead, you spend the money for Hill, and then you trade a bunch of draft picks. Uh, you spend a bunch of draft picks on drafting Waddle, you know, getting in position to do that. So, you know, they, they've put a lot of resources into these two guys. So they better get that investment out. And right now they certainly are. Absolutely. That and then some, you know, I mean, look, there are times where we look like an unstoppable offense. And if we really see wheels up on Raheem Mostert, uh, we're going to be damn hard to stop. 
I think Mozart's been fine, actually. He has been fine, but we just haven't. Uh, we have not gotten to the point with a running game that that us. We as don't. Fans, we don't have that back to compliment him. Right. Well, and even if we did, we just haven't got there yet. Right. Edmonds has been nothing less than terrible, which is shocking <laughs> to me. I I he think he's a better player than what he's shown. Um, I've been really disappointed with with his performance um he just isn't hitting the hole he's not catching balls uh it's been sad uh but even yeah, so he's, ha- he's had some drops that that didn't make you too happy <laughs> no he's had some really bad drops um and but even so uh we're just not we're not where we want to be yet with the running game uh, i think we all know that and if we get there whew, watch out because we're going to be really hard to beat come january even if we're playing in New England, and in Buffalo, we're going to have a chance in those games. So tell me about the second half. What impressed you? I mean, look, our defense played really well. There, I really was impressed with the fact that we cleaned up the, the stupid penalties. Uh, I thought Tua was really sharp. I, our offensive line played really well. You know, I, I think that's something that we can't overlook, right? Well, no, that was the best game they played together. Yeah, so uh, that... That offensive line is one. Liam Eikenberg went down, and obviously, you know, we've we've had our thoughts about him on the season. But when he went down, you had to be a little bit worried, and they didn't give up very many pressures. I don't think so. Uh, I think they played four. really well. Yeah, four. Yeah, so I was really impressed. That's, that's that about eleven percent, in case anybody wants to do the math. Yeah, four out of thirty-six. Yep. So you'll take that. I mean, that's that's impressive stuff. So you know, what the line you, played well. It gave Tua confidence and uh, the ability to get off his first read, get off his second read, and get to his third or fourth read, which was impressive as well. What was you? Uh, what was your key points takeaways in the second half? I it has to be the defense. You know, as well as the offense played, it has to be the defense because I didn't think there was a chance in hell that they were going to hold. Detroit scoreless in the second half, and they did. Yeah, there were several times we got to third and nine, third and ten, and you felt like, well, wow, we're going to get off the field again, and and that was a good yeah. feeling in the second yeah. half. Yeah, I'd really like to know the changes that they did make because I, I could not figure it out from watching the television, but they were definitely uh, there was definitely something going on that they changed between the first half and the second because, uh, you know, Detroit was not the same offense in the second half. Well, there were several things that happened in the first half that you didn't see in the second half. And that was uh, you know, just a couple to point out was, you know, Javon Holland getting beat, you know, because he yeah. got beat by Hawkinson on, on a route that he should not have gotten beat on. And then better tackling in the first half of that game. I, I didn't count the tackles, but we missed Far too many, and it's we're been, not a good tackling team. It's been a problem all season. Yeah. Uh, in the second half, we did much better. Uh, when we got a hold of DeAndre Swift, we brought him to the ground. You know, uh, when we got a hold of Jamal Williams, we brought him to the ground, and and that was you can't overstate the importance of that because when they're not picking up all these yards after contact, then we get to third and sevens, third and eights, third and nines, and we get off the field. Guys with uh, poor tackling grades yesterday were Holland, Kohu, Phillips, and Van Ginkle. I'm surprised it's only four because yep. we have not been very good. Uh, even Jalen Phillips missed some tackles, and, and that's been a problem for him too. But uh, I think he stepped his game up a little bit. Has any? Have you been stepping your DraftKings game up, Mike? Well, that, that's a long story, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't place again in my contest this weekend. 
But, uh, you know, I'll go back to the drawing board and try again next week. Yeah, it's, it's fun stuff. I hope people are taking advantage of the offers that we're promoting. Igbenogany, he was on the field for uh, 19 plays yesterday. He gave up, uh, what's it, one reception, I think? You know, there's, there's another another moment where, you know, over the last three weeks, I have not wanted to cut his ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, longtime listeners of the podcast will get that reference, but uh, Noah Igbenogany has not been he's not been a focal point of the quarterback on the other side and being taken advantage of. And uh, that is huge for us as a team, because uh, all the way up until this season and even early in the season, he looked like a guy who was not going to be able to perform and was going to get um, just get hammered. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that he's not getting taken advantage of. Xavier Howard yesterday seemed to me to be a step slow at times. I mean, he he only gave up three receptions on five targets, but he just didn't look um, to have that extra gear, you know. Uh, so I don't know if the groin's still bothering him or if he is just aging, you know. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see what comes with that. But uh, by and large, I, I was I was very happy with the defense in the second half. I thought they they had a good energy about them. You know what I mean. Uh, they just looked in control, and where in, in the first half they didn't know what control was. Yeah, it's been a weird season for X because there's been several times over the season so far. It's like that's very uncharacteristic of him. You know, some things that have happened, uh, plays that he's given up, that sort of thing. Overall, I think he's played really well. I tend to agree with you. Uh, it looked to me like uh, maybe he was laboring at times. However, maybe. However, he did come up and, you know, lay some hit sticks on some guys. He played really hard. He's still he's still the man. And, yeah, he uh, is the man. That is, I'm not, this is not a critique. It's an oh, observation. I yeah. Oh, I know. No, I, I absolutely know. Um, but, and yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the defense in the first half made me want to be sick. And in the <laughs> second half, uh, you know, we stepped up. Some of these guys that are playing important minutes for us are are really stepping up, man. And. Um, that can only bode well for us in the future because as we get healthy, we got these guys who are going to come in and play minutes who have played really important minutes and played well. Um, it's only going to make us a better team. So it's, it's good to see. Yep. Um, I'm looking here and, and, uh, you know, I, I like to look and, and see <laughs> the grades, you know, and, uh, if I told you the top players yesterday, you'd probably be surprised. I mean, uh, now granted, the first two guys here didn't play the whole game, but uh, Duke Riley had a grade of 83-1, and Crossan had a grade of 81. Those are our, our top two defenders grade-wise. And then once we start getting into regular players, Sealer was a top-graded player at uh, 78.7. Man, Sealer played well again yesterday. Yeah. Man, and right behind guy. him was Phillips. Yeah, yeah, you. I've seen Phillips all over the field yesterday. Uh, I yeah. think he's making strides to be a better football player. Uh, it, he needs to be able. He needs some more moves or something because he's not getting enough pressures, in my opinion, for a guy who's. Uh, I think that most high. people share that opinion. Uh, mm -hmm. And he needs to be better tackling. You know, other than that, I think that uh, you know I'm not sad about his performance. Um, I will say some of our guys have, uh, you know, outperformed, uh, even my expectations. Sealer, uh, he was good last year, but he has outperformed my expectations of what he, what he could do. 
No, oh, yeah, he's 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 a guy that that puts in the work, and mm-hmm. you know I say that I'm talking about on the field. Mm-hmm. You don't see him slacking. You don't see him taking plays off. He is 100 miles an hour all the time. Yeah, he's a guy that you and Lou were both really high on coming into the season, and I just wasn't yeah, sold when, when on I, yet. When I first watched his tape, this was a few years ago, and uh, I watched you know the All-22, and I watched the first couple of games that he played with us, and I, I said to Lou and Jim, this guy's going to be a player. And you could just tell because of his energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hasn't slowed. I mean, he's still, you know, he's still a guy that goes out there and gives it everything he has, and that's that's what you appreciate as a fan. Love to see it. Yeah, you can't overstate the importance of the motor and the leadership, and you know, the playmaking ability just to get your hands up, dude. Yeah, because that's huge. It really is huge. Yep. When you're exhausted and <laughs> trying to catch your breath, you know, I mean, it's, these guys work hard. <laughs> Absolutely. Those defensive linemen and offensive linemen, that's tough stuff because, you know, you don't get a break. <laughs> that uh, After that sack, uh, I thought this was a funny point in the game when, when Christian Wilkins jumped on Seeley's I wish back. he'd stop doing that. Uh, you could see it, and I don't know if it was just me, but I seen him shed him off. He's like, get off of me, man. Come on. He rode him. Uh, he rode him pretty hard there for a yep. second. Uh, let's not get our guys hurt. I always worry they're going to hurt each other, you know? I yeah. Just- I don't think it's the best habit to get into, that's all. Wilkins is just a big kid out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's fun to watch, <laughs> and he, he's, he's, he's definitely a, a guy that loves playing the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's what you take from uh, Wilkins when you watch him play. He, this guy just loves, you know, he loves talking smack. He just loves playing the game. Absolutely. So, you know, he's, he's another guy. Unfortunately, you know, both these guys are going to be free agents pretty soon. So uh, they're going to have to decide if they're going to keep one or both. Yeah. I mean, look, I think they're players that we want to keep. No two ways about it. I think they both are guys that we should try to get uh, contracts into and and keep them on this defensive line. Yeah. We'll see what they decide. I tend to agree with you, but, uh, you know, they may not be able to afford to keep them both. We'll see. Yep. So, all right. So uh, no other observations on the game itself? No, I don't think so. I, I, except for maybe the fact that one thing that I think that we don't talk about enough is the play calling of McDaniel. He's putting our offensive skill position players in a, in a spot to win. He's making it easier on our offensive line because, you know, uh, regardless of how well they're playing, they're not the most talented bunch and they're beat up. So I think that his play calling has a lot to do with that. As well as the fact that he's putting Tua in a spot that Tua can excel in what he's at, good at, what he does the best. Um, and I don't know how many people know this, but even though McDaniel was the offensive coordinator last year in San Francisco, this is his first go around with play calling. So right. I think it's really impressive considering the fact that he hasn't called plays to what he's been doing in this offense so far. He just needs to get them in fast enough. That's all. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> yeah. They don't get him in quite fast enough. And I guess yesterday the uh, mic in his ear was uh, cutting off after 15 seconds and he didn't have the entire play. So he had to ad lib and uh, figure it out basically. So, yeah, you, know, you don't want, you don't want that. You, you want them to have the play and not have to worry about uh, all the variables. Yeah. And I think that'll, that'll come. Uh, you heard Tyreek talking about getting in and out of the huddle yesterday too. Uh, Tyreek is such a good leader. And, Man, he's such a good leader. Yeah, he is. He's definitely a leader. He's just an alpha, you know? (laughs) Yep. 
So, all right, Daniel. Well, thanks for joining me. And uh, Lewis appreciates it as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's in, the, he's in the process of moving, so uh, he'll be out this week. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll have him back next week. But um, Wednesday, we'll be back with uh, a preview for the Chicago Bears. And uh, thanks for joining me, Daniel, as I said. And thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Fins up, everybody. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care.